0: Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I am your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt, and so glad you've joined me again today on this Monday morning. Hey, I want to continue sharing some very powerful truths from my latest book, uh, Discovering the Real Jesus. Uh, This book is now available on Amazon and also from our website at EddieHyatt.com. Uh, you can go there, and uh, you can uh, read the description of what it's about, and if you decide you want to purchase a copy, um, you can just click on the links there, and that will give you the directions of what you need to do. Uh, today, I want to talk about chapter 9 in the book, which is called, Did Jesus Claim to Be God? Now, this is very controversial in, in some circles, even among people who call themselves Christians. Um uh, you, you can do a scan of this on the internet and you will find people emphatically declaring, Jesus never claimed to be God. Recently I came across a Muslim cleric who was fielding questions from his audience. One young woman, and of course, these these would have been, you know very predominantly a Muslim audience, one young woman asked him if Christians would go to heaven. He replied, if they are good people, they will go to heaven. But if they believe Jesus is God, they will not go to heaven. I want to show you that Jesus himself actually said that believing in his deity, believing in his Godhood was necessary for going to heaven for salvation. In fact the truth is that Jesus was found guilty and was crucified for the sin of blasphemy for claiming to be God that's why he was crucified he was not crucified for anything that he did he was crucified for who he claimed to be now Jesus did not go around saying I am God but he Said things and he made claims about himself, both implicitly and explicitly, that are even more in your face. They're even more explicit claims of being God. And so I want to share some of, of those with you today. First of all, let's look at what we call his implicit claims, and then we'll look at his explicit claims. The implicit claims that he made to being God, I'm going to mention two. Forgiving sins and accepting worship. Now, it is generally uh, accepted, especially so in first century Judaism, that only God can forgive sins and that only God is to be worshipped. But Jesus actually did both. He forgave sins and he accepted people's worship. Let's look at some examples of him uh, forgiving sins. We find in Mark chapter 2, Jesus was ministering in a house in Capernaum, and uh it, it was crowded, and people were crowded or even around the outside of the house. And there were four individuals who brought a friend. He was a man who was paralyzed, could not get up and walk. And of course. Uh, the news was spreading about how Jesus was healing people incredible miracles of healing, so they got their uh their friend and they got on four friends they were on each corner of of some sort of pallet that he was on, and when they could not get in through the door because the crowd would not move and let them in, they went up on top of the of the house. And they began to remove some of the tiles, which were probably uh, some sort of sod uh, earth tiles, and begin to move them until there was a large enough opening. And they let this individual down through the roof right in front of Jesus, where he was there teaching in front of, all, of that incredible crowd. Can you imagine something like this happening? Now, Jesus' response to this situation shocked the religious leaders. they shocked the theologians, the scribes who were sitting there. Because Mark says that when Jesus saw their faith, do you realize faith can be seen? What did Jesus see? He saw their faith. Well, he saw their actions. I mean, These people have incredible faith that they would go to all of this trouble. to go up on top of the roof and take off part of the roof in order to get their friend to Jesus. That was an expression of their faith that if they could get their friend into his presence, he would be healed. And so Mark says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Wow, son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, as I said, Jesus' words shocked the religious leaders who were there. And they began to reason in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Yeah. They they knew that only God could forgive sins. This is what they were reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? What did he say? He said, son, your sins are forgiven you. What did the religious leaders think in their hearts? Why does this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So this is one of those implicit claims of deity. Jesus publicly telling someone that their sins were forgiven. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were right in saying that only only God can forgive sins. But where they were wrong was they did not recognize that Jesus, as the promised Messiah, was also God, God in the flesh in human form. He was God incarnate with the power and the authority to forgive sin. Now, here's another example of Jesus forgiving sin. Luke tells about, in his gospel, chapter 7, about Jesus being invited to a meal at the home of a Pharisee. So he is a very religious person. Now, what we see in the gospels is that these meals could be very public. They're sort of like Forms of entertainment, you know, they didn't have movies, they didn't have TVs, uh, they didn't have internet. So w- one of the great forms of enjoyment was people gathering around just a fellowship and talk, and meals became these great, uh, these feasts became these great times of togetherness and fellowship, and so on. And this is this is the sort of meal that we see here, because. As they're gathered around in this meal, probably quite a, lar- quite a large number. And uh, it says that on this occasion, while they were eating, a woman whom Luke describes as a known sinner. So she was a woman with a reputation, a known sinner. He brought an alabaster flask or container of expensive fragrant oil and stood at the feet of Jesus, weeping. Wow. Now, she then bows down, and she begins washing Jesus' feet with her tears. I mean, she is sobbing. The tears are flowing. And and she's washing his feet with her tears and wiping them with her hair. Now, there, there is something. The reason Luke is sharing this I believe we see in another gospel, it was common courtesy because people, uh, they wore sandals and uh, they they had to travel primarily by walking. And so your feet would gather dirt and dust. And so one of the refreshing things was having your feet washed. And in in households, this was the job, this was a menial job for servants our slaves. But it was also a, a common act of courtesy that were given to guests when you invited them into your home. When they may ha- have had to walk some distance would to provide them a foot washing to refresh them, move the dust and dirt from their feet. And apparently Simon, this Pharisee who had invited Jesus, he did not provide this common courtesy of having one of his servants to wash the feet of Jesus. So here comes this woman who has a reputation, probably as a prostitute, and but her heart is broken. The Spirit of God has moved upon her, and the tears are flowing, and she washes his feet, something Simon should have had done, with her tears, and, 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 and wipes them with her hair. And what is Simon doing? He, he is there criticizing. He says, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Can you imagine the host sitting there saying that? He hasn't provided the, the common courtesy, but now she is doing it in a very different way what he should have done. So Jesus knew what he was thinking, and and he said to Simon the Pharisee, he says, uh, uh, he told him a a, a sort of a parable to ask a question, and he told him about. He said, no, he he said Simon, there was a creditor who had two debtors, and one of them owed a very large debt that he couldn't pay. Now the other one owed a very small and minor debt, and the uh, uh, the man to whom they owed the debt. He forgave them both. He wrote off the debt and forgave them both. Now, Jesus said to Simon, who will be the most appreciative? Who will love him the most? And Simon said, well, I guess the one who was forgiven the most. Jesus said, you're right. Now, Simon, as a Pharisee, a very religious person would have felt, you know, that he was so righteous that, you know, there wasn't really much that God had to forgive him for. So, So Jesus is hitting home with this. So Simon says, well, I guess it would be the one that owed the little debt. Would be the one who who would be the least thankful. But the one who owed the big debt, he would be the one who would love the master the most who had forgiven him. And Jesus said, Simon, you have answered right. And, uh, and, And then he applied it to this situation. And he said, this woman whose sins were many, he said, you see her weeping. She loves much because she has been forgiven much. And then he says to the woman, your sins are forgiven you. (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. And again, those at the table begin to complain. Who is this? that even forgives sins. So the fact that Jesus openly and publicly forgave people's sins was a powerful, implicit demonstration and claim of his deity, of him being God. And I want you to know today that he still has the power to forgive sins. And so if you are listening to this today, come and fall at his feet, like this woman, this known sinner. Come and bow down before him. There may be tears, they may, may not be tears, but, but if your heart is humble and tender before him, and you call out to him, no matter what you have done, if your heart is humble before him. And reaching out to him, he still has the power because of who he is, because he is God. And now he is the risen Lord, seated at the right hand of God with all authority in heaven and in earth. I'll come bow before him now and he will forgive you no matter how great your sins are. Lord, we thank you today that you have the power to forgive sin to those who will come. And repentance in repentance and faith, you will turn none away. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hey, check out my website, eddiehype.com. And what I've been talking to you about today is right out of my book. It's right out of chapter 9. It's called, Did Jesus Claim to Be God? The book is available on Amazon and from our website at com, And I will see you tomorrow.